Oh, hey. It's been a hot minute, y'all. It has been a hot minute. Um, oh, wait. For those of you that are new, welcome to the After Hours with Amanda podcast, the podcast that's kind of about parenting, but not just for parents. And hopefully I'm Amanda, your friend on the other end. So let's dive in. (laughs) Oh, one of you DM'd me and was like, Delilah's still on the air. And let me tell you, that little gem you shared just created such joy. I found you can listen online. And who do you think I've been listening to? Hi, this is Delilah. No, anyways. Okay. Mm. I got my McDonald's Coke. Finished a Taco Bell bean burrito, my comfort food of choice, my solace. This day has literally been, um, I don't even know, whipping me around like, you know, the pussycat dolls in a music video with their hair. Like that's the, I'm getting whiplash from this day. I'm going to be honest with you. And here's the thing. I want to apologize for not being more communicative with the podcast in terms of when a new episode was coming out. But then at the same time, everyone's like, you don't need to apologize for taking time. But the holidays were crazy. And I'm talking like I-5 LA freeway, if you know, you know, at 430 on a weekday pre-pandemic. Okay. If you know, you know. So I... I don't want to apologize, but this is my non-apology apology, but letting you know I should have, you know, like, I don't know, I could have been like, yo, I'm taking a month off, but I didn't want to do that because I wanted to do the podcast, but at the same time, it was like, I didn't have the capacity, like it wasn't going to happen and I didn't want to admit it. So it was like me promising and breaking promises to myself, but here is the thing. I wanted to talk about, if you follow me on Insta, you know, I just, my dad sold our childhood home. Um, and there's been a lot going on with that and what that's like and the holidays. And I had like so much I wanted to share there. But today, if you know anything about me, you know, I'm an in the moment person. I plan content. I plan for content. I don't plan the content, if that makes sense. So something happened and we just need to dive into this because I feel like this is a time sensitive issue. Okay. This is time sensitive here. Um, and I will tell you it's a word that we had in 2020 that really gained traction and has continued into 2021. And that word is resilience. Okay. Now I made a video about this on TikTok and we're going to dive into it, but don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying like, I'm not one of those people that doesn't like to, you know, look for the positive, be affirming. That reminds me of this song, my mom. Oh my gosh. If you know me, you know, my rabbit trails. My mom used to sing this song accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative and don't mess with Mr. In-Between. To illustrate those last remarks, Noah and the whale, Jonah and, no, it's Noah and, Jonah and the whale, Noah and the ark. What did they do? Just when everything looks so dark, well, they said they gotta, and it goes on and on and on. Okay, um, just disregard my singing and disregard me messing up the verse, but here's the thing. I totally am down for the positive. I really, really am, okay? Like, if you know me, I think to myself, and you've seen my content, I'm like, okay, what is this actually going to pay into me in this situation with how I'm feeling about it, how I need to feel about it? Like, what are the benefits of this situation and how I'm feeling, right? I want to work through that. But I am so sick and tired of the word resilient, and I'm going to explain why it really happened today. So... My kiddos have been in school. My tiny humans have been, you know, on campus, off campus this year, mostly on campus at the school they attend. I love the school they attend. I always have this disclaimer. We drive like a half hour for it, 30 minutes. It's worth it. They focus on social, emotional, well-being, all that jazz. I love it, okay? Um, But 
here's the thing. Paige is back on campus this week. London is not. So we've got one distance learning at home, one going into campus, um, a tiny, tiniest human, right? She's not really anything. She's like our little, you know, flexible kid who goes in the car, goes in the nap, the whole thing. My husband is still working from home, obviously. So he's got meetings this stacked up this week that like, it's not like you can be like, oh, excuse me and interrupt these. There are moments, right? But you can't have it all the time. Okay. So I get London set up on her lunch. Blake's in the meeting that he's on or conference call, or I think it was a presentation actually. And Corey's all settled for nap and that kind of jazz. And I drive to pick Paige up because usually Paige stays at school the same time that London does. We lucked out and happened to be able to have that take place. Um, so it's really awesome. But today she's like, yo, mom. I mean, she didn't say, yo, mom. She's like, mommy, can I, can you pick me up at lunchtime? And I was like, you know what, girl? Yes, boo. I can do this for you. London's not in school. This is not going to be a bit, we're going to do it, right? Mm. It will not be a problem, she said, as she did not know what the day held. Whiplash. Um, so I get home. It's like one thing after the other. You know, the, I got the dog poop. I got, you know, when this, you know, when this stuff is just like, it's, it's just like building and you're like, I got to get this done and you can't get it done. And you're, you feel like you're racing against the clock. Okay. So I'm like trying to, I'm like, it's just so good. It's so good. Just, you know, remain, I'll keep, keep that chi going or whatever you want to call it. Stay in that place you had this morning when you were reading your devotionals and ice rolling your face, Amanda, find that place as she internally yelled at herself, pretending she was calm. So I get in the car. I'm driving down to get Paige. I'm running late. I'm like 10 minutes late already. So I'm like, okay. And I say that because I like to be cognizant of the teacher's time. Like they've got stuff going on. This is a, you know, unprecedented, another huge buzzword from this year, unprecedented time. Okay. So I don't like to make people wait. And as I'm calling, my phone is like FaceTiming from London, like off, going off, going off, going off, going off. And I'm driving. So it's either um, get a ticket for answering it or get in a car wreck. Neither of those are viable options, obviously. So then I'm trying to voice text her on my iWatch, which Siri is making me look like I am like incapacitated in some sort because it doesn't even make sense what she's hearing from me say as I'm trying to, you know, be responsible while I'm driving. So finally, Lennon luckily calls on the Bluetooth because I couldn't get to my phone to do it. And my eye watch when I call on it, it's a whole mess. So Lennon calls and she's like, mom, the Wi-Fi, I can't, what times the timer went off, but the Wi-Fi. Can't. So I'm on the phone with her. I'm trying to get to page of school on time. I can't call Blake because I already tried him once and he's like in a meeting, cannot pick up. So I'm like crud balls. So I'm trying to walk her through it. I walk her through it. I get off the phone with her. She jumps back into class, you know, like 10 minutes late, basically. Well, seven. And I literally want to just, you know, that feeling when it's like, it just all feels like at once. Like it all feels so much all at once. And I literally wanted to like park my car and like, you know, that Greek weddings, you can break dishes. I just wanted to park my car and just like throw dishes at the ground. I was so not at London, obviously, but just the situation was so flipping frustrating. So I go, I pick up Paige, I'm trying to get back to the house and I am just, I'm in, I'm in a mood. I need to shake the mood and I can't shake the mood. And everything that keeps going on in my head is the word resilient. Like how many times have you, if you're a parent, okay, looked at someone or if you're a student or someone been told this, you're like, oh wow, you're so resilient. And I'm like, is that even a compliment? Because resilient basically just means like you're able to recover quickly from like tough situations. And like, but, but it doesn't say if you're actually recovering, right? It just says like recovering quickly from tough situations. 
And and and, and then I looked up the second definition, and it was something like um, the ability to spring back into action or shape, elasticity. Okay. And I can tell you one thing, that if we as humans were rubber bands this year, the elasticity, elasticity, however you want to say, would be stretching, if not snapping. Okay. Like, and I, I got home and I'm like, girl, like your first thing is to compliment the kid, right? Like compliment that tiny human. Wow. You did so good being flexible. Way to, way to move with it. But here's the thing. I think it set me off today because I used to have a job at a place that was constantly changing. They used to say, are you not flexible, viable? I can't think of the buzzword they used, but it was a culture word, right? Basically, like, do you have grit? Are you able to bounce back easily? And it wasn't, and it was resilient was one of their pillars. Okay. And I'm realizing today, like I have frustration at this word because it was used so consistently in such a toxic way that it was it was used to say, hey, um, I know we've been doing this system for about six months now and we changed it, you know, from the other system six months ago, but we're going to change it again. And here's all these things we need you to redo. And thank you so much for being so resilient during this time. Thank you for moving with the ebbs and flow of the business needs. You know what I'm talking about. It's when someone tempts a flaming pile of you-know-what in your lap and they're like, thank you so much for being such a team player. And you're sitting there and you're left with that anxiety. You're left with that frustration. You're left with everything. And you can hear my passion because so often in this work environment, they would do that. And then when you were like, wow, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or wow, I'm feeling like they'd say, oh, do you feel like the job expectations are too much right now? Do you feel like, um, we, we're stretching you too much. Do you feel like you're not having the growth you need? And in some way that would be on you. And I just thought of all the students this year, like, yes, I'm not, I'm not discounting parents. I'm obviously not discounting teachers. Like they're in this group. But when I think of my tiny humans and the be flexible, oh, the internet's out. Oh, you're late to class. Oh, don't forget to do this. Oh, you can't get that Google form to work. In the situation where no one really has a grip on stuff, there is no end date. And we're looking, I'm looking at my kids and I'm like, way to be resilient, guys. I am so proud of you for snapping back into action quickly. Like, is that what I want to compliment them on? Like, do I actually want them to be resilient or do I want them to find the positive after they've worked through how they feel, right? So I get home. I'm like, girl, what's, tell me, how was that? Like, I need to check in with you. She's like, it was embarrassing. It was super embarrassing. I don't like when that happens to me. It's hard. But she doesn't control the Wi-Fi. And we literally upped our Wi-Fi this year and got an extender and got a thing for the computer. Like, so you cannot make allowances for every variable, right? And it just led me to this place where I was like, you know, as adults, we can say, oh, this day sucks. I'm so frustrated. This is so irritating. But we look at, or at least I do some days, look at my tiny humans and I'm like, oh, you know, you just, you need to choose a good attitude, right? Everyone's dealing with this. We're all in this together. No. I say nay. I straight up say nay now. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I don't want my kids to be resilient. I don't. I don't want them to be resilient anymore. I want them to be strategic. I want them to be emotionally aware enough to feel what they're feeling, take the time needed to work through it, and then remind themselves how valuable they are 
and choose what's going to work for them in a positive light, things that will encourage, enrich, enable them. I want that for every student this year. I want that for teach. I want that for everybody. Because honestly, I can tell you, when when I worked at the place that I worked, and I loved that job for a while, it wasn't until towards the end when that grit that I wasn't showing or that resilience that I didn't have or that flexibility when I started pushing back saying like, actually, no, that's not what you did. Actually, a month ago, this was the expectation. So if I you know, X, Y, Z, that is, I'm still learning. It's, it's, it's a month old, right? And until we start to see it as the best thing in this situation is not the time frame in which someone bounces back from, but rather the capabilities and the emotional, oh, uh, y'all with this speech, I just hit my little move goal today. <laughs> my heart rate must be getting high from this. But whether we need to look at the emotional soundness and the physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, well-beingness, instead of putting it on this time frame and saying like, way to go, kids. I know sitting in front of a computer, like, and it's not just the distance learning thing. It's the life thing. Like how often, and, and I will tell you this, okay, sports, right? Mm. If you know me, you know, I did not play team sports. I did cheerleading and it, I just... I was a different personality and I just never felt good at sports. There was nothing I really enjoyed. I loved tennis. Um, I loved dance. I liked expressive things. And in tennis, you just get to hit that ball repeatedly. And it's such a stress reliever. But how often when something happens and we get disappointed, right? We're like, you know what, though? You know what? Let's go. Next thing. You can do it. You know what? Don't worry about it. It's people. Say you don't get a job you want. Say a relation ends you're upset about. Say you, you don't. Say they sell the sweater at Target you've been waiting to get till you got paid. Okay, even something as simple as that. And then we sit there and instead of saying like, I'm going to allow myself this ebb and this flow, this emotion I'm feeling, I'm going to allow it to course through my veins. I'm going to lean into what's super uncomfortable. And the only reasons it's uncomfortable is because I've been told not to allow myself that. I'm going to lean into that uncomfortable. I'm going to fully fill it. I'm not going to take it out on others, right? Because it's it's not the emotion that's bad. It's what we do with it that can have the negative effect, right? So I'm not going to take it out on other people. But I'm going to go and I'm going to scream into my pillow if need be. And I'm going to say, this sucks. This stinks. I hate this. I'm frustrated at this. Instead of looking at ourselves and going, well, it's okay. You know, it's all right. I'm just going to move on from this because it's it's not that big of a deal. And justify and literally reason away how we're feeling. I am so tired of that. And I feel like if you couldn't tell with how passionate I am, I feel like a lot of it's tied to that word resilient. Being resilient. Why is that an award? Why is how quickly you jump back a reward? Now, I will say something. Do I think that there is a beauty in being able to bounce back from things? Hell yes. I lost my mother in my first year of marriage and I lost my brother a year and a half ago, not even a year and a half. Am I proud of myself for feeling like I'm continuing to live? Yes. Is that absolutely freaking painful and hard some days? 1,000%. Have I worked through all of that? No. But am I proud of myself that I'm choosing to go on and to live and to love and to try and work through that? Yes, there's a difference. But I feel that when we keep telling our kids and the people in our lives, thank you for being so quick to deal with things you don't want in your life and just making do, that it's just not what I want anymore. Mm. You know, it's 
it's so interesting to me, even with romantic relationships, people are always like, oh, there's so many fish in the sea. And you're like, yeah, but I was with that person for two years, literally created the entire life till we're 50 together. The kids' names and all that stuff and all that image, that whole life was built in my head. I, I lived a lifetime. And now you're telling me, well, it's been like a month. What's your issue? And I'm not mocking anyone. I'm just saying we do that to ourselves. We put this time lapse. Instead of seeing it as it's okay to walk with the pain, it's okay to live through that anguish and what you're having, instead of teaching our kids it's okay to not like distance learning, but to still try and show up and be a participant. And if you need something, letting me know. If you're struggling, telling me, telling your teacher. Instead of teaching them tools to equip themselves with how to still function with their emotions, I feel as though a lot, at least for me, I'm seeing me say, oh, well, great. Keep, go on. Next one. You can do it. Go through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and I don't, I don't want that for them. I, I think that the, this last year with the different things we've done, even my kids being back on campus, everyone is like, oh, you're so lucky your kids are back in school. And I feel so grateful. I do. I feel very grateful our school has done an incredible job to get the kids back on campus, to allow them to be in um, just even social interactions, okay? Um, but even then, it's very different. And we just assume like, oh, the kids are back in school. That's, woo, they're back in school. Way to go. They're in class. You know, and yes, that is a weight off of me because, oh my gosh, I cannot tell you the amount of times that I have forgotten to set the timer and made London late for class. And whose fault is that? You know, I'm looking at her like, remember to put your shoes in your room, except I'm making her 10 minutes late for class. And it's just, it's like, I mean, honestly, they're back on campus, but it's different. So why isn't the first thing that my go-to would be to say, hey, how was school today? Yeah, oh, I get it. I wouldn't. It's hard to wear a mask and not see people's faces. It's hard to not see your friends when they're talking to you to understand because you're seven that if their tone sounds one way, even though you can't see their face, they might have meant something different. So even that's a change in social interaction. And this is not speaking to, you know, the cove or anything like that. This is me speaking to how we allow human beings, tiny humans, big humans, me as a human, to process. And how we have started to take buzzwords and name those emotions and name those feelings and be like, oh, but don't worry, you're so resilient. You've got a lot of grit. Instead of looking at someone and saying, wow, it takes a lot of strength to admit you're struggling. Wow. It is empowering to hear someone share that because I feel that way too. Instead, we compliment the reaction to it rather than the um, emotion or thing that they're feeling. Why are we so quick to be like, oh gosh, thank goodness they're acting normal versus digging into what is causing that? You know, London gets bored when she's online learning. Um, she, with certain subjects, she happens to catch on quickly. She's an older student in her class. And granted, she's in first grade, but she's an older first grader. And where I struggled as a student, London won't. And, or she doesn't currently. Um, things change. But she was bored the other day. And she's fiddling and she's doing stuff. And my immediate knee jerk is like, what are you doing? You're in class. You know, the quiet, like I'm motioning from the other room, like doing a cheer move to chill out and whatever. But I, I, I'm stopping it. And finally I look at her and I'm like, dude, what was that? Like, what were you doing? And she's like, I, you know, we were doing that. I, I just don't like distance learning. Right. 
Now, my response at first, I go, well, you know, no one likes it, honey. You know, we're all just, and then, then, then I stopped myself and I said, why? Now, besides the obvious, which we assume they're going to, you know, hit us with, like, I want to be at school. I want to be with my friends. I don't like the computer. The Wi-Fi stinks, mom. You know, like, besides all that, she goes, well, when I finish, I don't know what else to do. And it's hard to just sit there and not move. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I get that because if you were in class, your teacher would give you something else to do. There is nothing else to do in your folder. There's no side thing. So I look at her and I say, you know what? The next time you finish, quietly sit there and wait for the teacher and maybe just use your pencil. I'll put some extra paper on the side and draw a picture. Girl brought me the most beautiful picture today after math. I tell you what. And and I say that not to say like, oh, you guys, as a parent, I just, I ask really good questions and I figured it out. No, I say that to say, Sometimes I try and I'm focusing on this. This is the goal for me. I set this and I mentally think about this. I want to be more concerned with the why behind the behavior. It's so easy to look at a child who's not listening in class or talking in class. And granted, kids are kids, attention spans and all that stuff, disclaimers, so people don't think I'm, you know, giving excuses for disruption, right? But what is causing that? Why is that kid acting that way? Why is that tiny human doing that after a test or talking loudly or, you know, why? And can we dig into that? Can we stop being so concerned with fitting the bill for, well, my child's resilient. They sit in class quietly. They do what they're told. And gosh, they just deal with change so well. Right. And can we start trying to compliment the things that most people don't want to compliment? You know. Thanks for letting me know you were bored. I totally see how if you're done with something and you have to sit there, you would need something else to do. Here's some silly putty to hold in your hand to roll around. If it becomes distracting, we'll work on something else. Hey, I'm sorry that you don't like math. Honestly, I sucked at math and it blows. But you know what? It's kind of required, so we have to do it. So what's something else we can do to make math fun? Instead of telling them to like it or lump it, which creates adults who are like, well, I don't like this, but I'm going to do it anyways because I'm unhappy, but everyone's unhappy. No. My gosh, no. When I look at my kids, my tiny humans, my little people, I don't want them to be anything like me. And that's not me telling myself, oh, you're horrible. Woe is me. I don't want to. No. There are things that I hope that they take from me that encourage them as they become people. But I don't want them to be anything like me because I want them to be so much better than I am. I want them to be more emotionally comfortable, more emotionally sound, more able to identify. I want them to just be like themselves and on fire for what that is. And it's it's funny to me that, I don't know, it's it's just what I want to focus on. And I will tell you, a lot of people will say, oh, how did you get to this place? Or what book did you read? And do you want to know what it is? I finally, I had to find the word for it and I had to look it up and I was like typing in all these things. It's called metacognition. And I didn't even know this was a thing till this week. I read it in my devotional and it was like, oh my gosh, that's what it is. And metacognition is literally defined as an awareness and understanding of one's own thought process. And I always tell the story of how when London was just a year old or something, we had this incident with her crawling out of her bed and how in that moment when I swatted her butt, I asked myself, why are you doing this? And it was the first time I consciously mid-action, mid-thought stopped myself internally and said, oh, girl, why? What are you doing right now? 
And that is the thing that I carry with me is the metacognition. Every single day with stuff I do, I try to focus on literally asking myself, what is the thought process I'm having right now? And I will tell you, it is like exercise. You spend as much time thinking about your physical health and going to the gym as you do metacognition, you're going to change everything about the way you think. And no, I don't know how to do this. No, I have no background on it except the definition and the fact that I can tell you that is exactly how I parent. I am constantly reviewing the situations I've gone through in the day. I was constantly, like right before I came in here, I had told the girls, I need a hot minute. Please don't come in. I'm trying to do this. And I had started to record the podcast and they knocked on the door like within minutes and I was frustrated. And I said, what did I just say? And I came back in here. And the reason I was mad was because instead of pressing pause, I pressed stop. And on the program I use, when you press stop, it totally takes the recording and translates it. So you can't go back in and add it. It's done. It's a finished product. And it had like two minutes on it. And what I was really mad was I was mad at myself for pressing the wrong button. But it was so easy in that moment to look at what I felt caused that, which actually, it was me pressing the wrong button. Now, did them knocking on the door startle me? Absolutely. But is it 100% their fault that I lost that recording? Absolutely not. Was it convenient to take that frustration and be like, what are you guys doing? I told you I needed a minute. Yeah, it was. Am I going to go apologize for that? Absolutely. I am going to, well, I already did, but I'm going to go back and... I, I like to apologize and then recheck in. How are we feeling, guys? Um, because mm, the thing is, is that if we don't start to question our own thought process, we just do what's knee-jerking. And that is telling people that resilience is the way to be. Resilience is the goal here. And resilience is no longer a goal for me. And I'm like talking this through with you because... I just want to put this out there. And if this resonates with you, please share this with someone that you feel needs to make the goal of 2021 not being resilient. Because if resilient means, literally only means the ability to react quickly to something, I don't think that that has as much payout. Now, in a situation where a train is coming and you have to get off the tracks, do I want to be resilient? Uh, Hell yeah, I want to get off those tracks. But in a situation where I am devastated by something emotionally, do I want to be resilient? No. And do you want to know why? Because I think it's stuffing. And I think that that might be a projection of my experience onto other people. But I'll tell you why. My mom passed away um, on June 10th or June 6th, actually. Her funeral was on the 10th. She passed away on June 6th. Um, I was heading into work that day. Obviously, I did not end up going in when I got the call on June 6th. And we had her funeral. My husband and I had planned an anniversary trip to Carmel, which we were highly encouraged to go on, which I will say was probably the best thing we did during that whole time because... To go away after something like that and have just two nights and three days with Blake outside of the craziness was literally a gift. I thank God for the people in our life that told me not to feel guilty about that. And since we had no animals or kids or anything like that, well, we had a dog, but my in-laws watched it. Since we had no other responsibilities at that moment and I was on um, basically bereavement leave, I'm glad we did it. But I got back. And in my desire to be resilient and accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative, in that mindset, I went back to work within, like, I want to say my mom passed away on the 6th. The funeral was on the 10th. We got back. I went back probably less than two weeks. I lost my mother. She was my absolute best friend. She was literally my world. The extent of our relationship, I still still 
accidentally go to college. I don't think that'll ever stop. But I went back to work less than two weeks. Okay, like maybe at the two-week mark because I didn't want to be lazy. I didn't want people to see me that I couldn't get it together. And I realized today, it was like I had this epiphany in the car, or I guess epiphany means today or something. Someone commented that on my TikTok. But I had this moment of realization today where I said to myself, I no longer want the measure of how well I'm doing to be how quickly I can move on from how I'm feeling. I don't want that for you either. Certainly don't want it for my kids. And this is not some plea to stay in what you're feeling and to never get over things and whatever it is. And I know you know that because I know you're not hearing what I'm not saying. But it is me saying no no longer to let the measure of your success or you or what you're doing or your children be how quickly you're able to adapt to a situation that is hard. People go through hard things. There are people who've gone through you know, different things and there's different levels of hard. And um, I, I don't like to compare on any level. I think everyone deals with things differently. I have friends that have lost parents and how they deal with it is different from how I like dealt with it. And I don't ever compare, you know, just because you've lost someone doesn't mean you've lost someone, if that makes sense. It's so personal. But I, I heard recently someone say, you know, they said, pick your hard. It, it's hard to not be happy, but it's hard to be happy, you know, and, and things like that. And I, I like the pick your hard mentality, as long as we're allowing for people to pick the fact that feeling the hard is what they need in that moment. And then choosing to move on from it is what's going to benefit them. Right. Because just like boat boats that never go out into the ocean and they sit in the dock, they dry rot. So we all know that, you know, focusing on something for too long won't help us. But I feel as though we've really overused the word resilient. And I think it's because we don't know what else to say. I think it's because every time we go to say something is hard, we in some way don't want to be seen as ungrateful or unaware. And so we negate how we're feeling and we cover it up with a, oh, but you know, but you know, I just, you know, I'm so grateful for this and that and this and the gratitude list on gratitude list. And don't get me wrong, I write a gratitude list because it keeps my mind right when I'm feeling like the world is going to pot, I'll go and like read my gratitude list. I'm like, okay, 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 Amanda, get, get, get in, get in the focus here. And I'm, I'm not saying it's not important to encourage yourself. I am just saying that there has got to be a balance between people praising resiliency over the fact of the strength it takes to say I'm struggling. I think the reason we have so many issues with mental health is people are trying so hard to be resilient. I'm not depressed. I'm not having anxiety. It's just a moment. It'll pass. Don't worry. I'll be back in action. And somewhere inside, you're dying. I have been there. I have days where I just have to literally close my eyes and focus on my breathing because it feels like the world is spinning. And I don't think that we give ourselves that grace anymore. And I think that's why we see such a spike. In mental health, not just because of loneliness and other things, but because there's no room for it. People hear you're going to a therapist and they're like, oh my gosh, did you hear Sally's going to a therapist? Things must be really bad. Instead of like, God, did you hear Sally's going to a therapist? I'm so proud of her. You go, girl. You do that. Uh huh. So hard to admit we're hurting. You know, it's seen as weak. 
oh, well, you just, you just didn't have it how I had it, or you're just not strong, or you just, you're not built the same, right? You're not resilient. When it's like, no, this is a flaming pile of poop. I just stepped my foot in it trying to put it out. Now I have poop on my shoe. I need to, it's exact. Okay, that's the example we're going to use right here. I want you to think of a situation, right? A situation that's hard. And it is, what do they call that? It's like when they doorbell ditch. I can't remember what it did, but they doorbell ditch and people used to like, I don't even know when they did this, but I heard about it. Leave a flaming pile of dog poop in a paper bag, light it on fire. I think I saw this in the movie. And you open the door and there's a fire. So you immediately go to stamp it out, right? Like you're stamping it out. You got to stamp out the fire. And then when it's done, you've got poop on your shoe. Now being resilient might say, well, that's okay. I can still go get done what I do. You put your shoe back on, you walk through your house, over your carpet and into the backyard where you were. And now, although you reacted quickly, put out the fire and were able to go back to what you were doing with resilience, there's shit on your carpet. (laughs) If you had only taken the time to take off the shoe, clean the poop out of it, remove the flaming pile of poop, which would no longer be sitting at your doorstep, and then move back to the task. And so that's why I think resiliency is a flaming pile of poop. (laughs) I'm kidding. But you know what I'm saying here. I think especially as a parent for me, when I look at my tiny humans, I don't want to see them as resilient. I don't want to compliment them on being resilient. I want to compliment them on filling their fills, identifying them, and finding a productive way to move about with them. I think as people, we need to stop complimenting each other for moving over that hurdle and finally getting to the other side versus saying, I am so proud of you for navigating that. I can't wait to see what happens next. You know, obviously celebrate those victories, celebrate those things, but do it for the stuff that you don't think should be complimented. I am so proud of you for admitting you're depressed. I'm really proud of you. Depression is hard to talk about. I am so happy that you admitted that your anxiety is out of control right now and you haven't been acting the same. I am so proud of you for saying distance learning sucks because it does, boo. I am so proud of you for, as a teacher, figuring out all the things you had to do this year while crying somewhere. I'm proud of you for crying because you know what that means? That means you're getting into it because when you get into it, you can get through it to then move over it, with it, take it with you, but don't let it hold you down. You want to get into it so you can get through it. Not so you can do it quickly if it's not needed. Now, sometimes, hey, yeah, move about the cabin quickly. But that is my beef with the word resilience. And that is what I want you to take with you today. Don't look at yourself and judge yourself off the time it has taken you to navigate something, boo. Don't do it please. You know, (laughs) I'm going to compliment myself on the inability to have resilience with my laundry. I am not able to do that quickly or effectively. And I joke about that, but do you know what? As frustrating as I am, frustrated as I am with myself that I always will have laundry, I just always will. There'll always be laundry happening in my house that's unfolded and half done for weeks on end or my bed or my closet. But I'm glad that I found other things that occupy my time that I feel are more important than folding underwear and socks. Now, that's not a um, like diss on anybody who does it because, boo, I'm proud. I admire you. Tell me your secrets, okay? But I am glad that I have gotten to the point where joking about that doesn't make me feel like I'm failing. I'm glad that I've gotten to the point that I realized that my f- children being fed at the end of the night with like food is the goal. <laughs> whatever that looks like. And we balance it out on the other end. But most of all, 
I am ridiculously happy to be sharing with you. I feel so, you cannot imagine the joy yet like enormous guilt I felt when I would get messages that said, is the podcast still happening? Because it, those, those DMs I got were so encouraging because sometimes when I share as much as I love it, I think to myself, gosh, am I helping somebody? Is this benefiting them? And I'm, I'm happy that it has been. And I love sharing. So I know a lot of you have been asking for longer podcasts and, you know, 2021's our year. We're going to make it happen, but we're going to find the balance in that. But my wish for you today, the next time you find yourself wanting to move quickly from something because you feel guilty about what's happening, don't. The next time that something happens and your kid's not listening to your class or you're feeling pitchy, ask why. I think it's so much more important for us right now to ask questions and to check in than it ever has been because I feel as though it's at this thing where it's like, no, you should just be functioning normally. What's the difference between being in class and out of class? What's the difference between seeing people and not seeing people? Like Zoom, girl. It's like, so anyways, thank you for being here. Thank you for spending time with me. I don't know what you were doing, but if you like Taco Bell bean burritos, treat yourself. I'm telling you. Mm. I personally enjoyed this Coke during our time together. I'm going to go once more check in slash apologize to Paige and London for being a little, a little like 65 miles per hour in a 10 mile per hour zone, if you know what I mean. And then I don't know if we're going to apple pie for McDonald's or Cold Stone tonight. Who knows? But the world is our oyster. And I don't plan on being resilient with that question. I don't even know if that's the right usage. Quick with that decision. So... Other than that, it has been a fabulous, like 30, what are we at? It'll be about 38 minutes with you. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I love chatting with you. And if you haven't already, go to the link in my bio and Instagram. I started an email list and I have some fun things planned. And lastly, if nobody has told you lately, you are so important. You are exactly where you meant to be. And you are incredibly, exponentially loved. So take that into your day. And I will be talking to you soon.